Section 10 of Eleven Possible Cases by Various. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Kate Fallis. Eleven Possible Cases by Various. The Mystic Crew by Maurice Thompson. Chapter One About seventy years ago, a young man of strong physique and prepossessing appearance arrived at New Orleans. He had come from New York, of which city he was a native, and had brought with him a considerable sum of money, supplemented by a letter of introduction to Judge Favart de Camartine, who was then at the flood tide of his fame it would not be fair to call our young man our hero would be the good old phrase an adventurer without taking pains to qualify the impression that might be produced hepworth coleman had his own way of looking at life fifty years later he would have been a tragedian probably a famous one but the conditions were not favourable to awakening histrionic ambition at the time when his character his tastes his ambition should have been forming what he saw that was most fascinating to him had no distinct form it lay along the southwestern horizon a dreamy mist-covered something not unlike the confines of romance hepworth coleman was rich and what was perhaps a greater misfortune he had no living kinsfolk for whom he cared or who cared for him practically speaking he was alone in the world moreover he had an imagination scott's novels byron's poetry the french romances and i know not what else of the sort had been his chief reading for physical recreation he had turned to fencing and pistol practice when i add that he was but twenty-two and unmarried the rest might be guessed but coleman was not a young man of the world in the worst sense he had not turned to evil sources of dissipation healthy vigorous full of spirit he nevertheless had sentimental longings as indefinite as they were persistent youth is the springtime when longin folk to gone on pilgrimages as old chaucer words it and it would be hard to find the young man who has not felt the vaguely outlined yet irresistible desire to wander to go over the horizon into a strange new world hepworth coleman when he was taken with this longing felt no restraint cast around him he was absolutely free had all the means necessary why should he not go where he pleased if it seems strange that he should have been attracted to new orleans rather than to the old world we must remember what new orleans was in eighteen hundred twenty no other city not even paris could at that time compare with it as a centre of genuine romance nor was this romance unmixed with lawlessness of the most picturesque kind money poured into it from a hundred sources 
more or less illegitimate besides the streams of wealth produced by cotton sugar and rice industries gambling was indeed a fine art duelling appeared more a pastime than anything else and what went on in the gilded halls and melody-filled cells may be imagined i suppose though i do not care to cast a glance that way hepworth coleman had heard much of the gay city of its warm odorous atmosphere its hospitality its social charm the smack of reckless romance in all its ways somehow the desire to go there got hold of his imagination and he went the letter to judge favart de caumartin was given to coleman by his banker who in handing it to him said i don't know the judge personally never saw him but he has done a lot of business through us he is very rich evidently very influential and certainly will be of use to you i feel that i can take the liberty of sending you to him because well he is under many obligations to the bank and is likely to want many more large favours i fancy that you'll find him a trifle eccentric but enthusiastically hospitable a creole of the creoles i judge him to be and a representative of the nabobs young coleman considered himself lucky to carry with him a document that would give him introduction to a person so renowned as judge favart de caumartin of whom he had been recently reading a good deal owing to a duel fought between the judge and one colonel sam smith of the united states army in which the latter had been killed the duel had brought out history from which it appeared that judge favart de caumartin had fought before not once only but many times and always to the death of his antagonist along with these facts were disclosed numerous picturesque details of the judge's past life with more than hints that in his young days he had been a pirate or something of the sort the account also made the most of his wealth his almost reckless liberality his eccentricity and most of all the air of mystery which still hung over his business operations all this was rich food for an imagination already thoroughly saturated with the spirit of romantic adventure and during the voyage from new york to new orleans hepworth coleman found deep satisfaction in anticipating what he felt was in store for him in every fibre of his frame he felt the assurance that he was on the way to new and strange experiences his banker had sent a letter to precede his arrival by a few days asking a friend to secure suitable apartments for mr hepworth coleman gentleman the consequence being that a dark young man small but well built and handsome met him at the landing to conduct him to his suite of elegant rooms on royal street is you mr coleman sir inquired this young stranger in a musical and respectable tone of voice I look for that man at present. Yes, sir, that is my name, said Coleman briskly. At the same time, he showed by his look that he would like to know whom he was meeting. Very glad you come, Mr. Coleman. Very glad, sir, indeed. Got your rooms all prepared for you, sir? 
yes sir they is beautiful and charming rooms thank you i am much indebted are you the gentleman to whom mr cartwright the banker wrote in my behalf no sir not any banker write to me i've been told to meet you at this place at present happy to see you miss coleman very happy there was an elegant carriage at hand waiting for our friend a negro driver in livery and a small black footman stood by coleman entered the vehicle followed closely by the young creole who had met him on the landing he saw his baggage hoisted into a little wagon to come after the carriage for some reason not exactly explained this whole proceeding affected coleman peculiarly he felt a sort of vague uneasiness as if he were passing into an atmosphere of mystery if not of danger as he was whirled through the narrow streets he caught glimpses of queer tile-covered houses with curious hanging galleries high walls and gloomy courts flanked these and here and there a dusky palm or a bright orange tree flung up its foliage blooming magnolia clumps filled the air with a heavy languid odour but what most attracted the attention of coleman was a company of four or five young men dressed like dandies swaggering along on one of the banquettes sidewalks and singing a drinking song at the top of their voices one of these hilarious fellows made a lasting impression on our young friend's imagination he was a tall olive-skinned handsome man apparently about twenty-five strikingly dressed in a plaid coat a vest of red and black velvet grey trousers and a profusely ruffled shirt evidently he was the leading spirit of the party at all events he was somewhat in front with his black cap set well back on his shapely head while his jet-black hair fell in shining curls over his strong shoulders he was shouting forth the french drinking carol in a voice as sweet as it was loud and at the same time waving in the air a small cane the entire group looked the worse for wine their faces flushed and their eyes brilliant who is that strange-looking man in front inquired coleman of his creole companion as they passed them by that gemon isigus favart de quémentine was the answer that fairly startled the interrogator coleman actually grew red in the face and exclaimed that judge favart de quémentine surely sir you are mistaken beg pardon sir that is monsieur le juge favart de quémentine i him know very well myself at prison coleman turned and stared back through the window at the strutting youthful figure leading the noisy rout how could that be the celebrated duellist the guardian pirate it cannot be he muttered aloud it is impossible very well mr coleman said the young creole dryly but i must inquire your pardon sir monsieur le juge favart de quémentine is to me well acquainted i remark to you sir that there is not any mistake oh certainly sir i beg a thousand pardons exclaimed coleman pulling himself together and seeing his breach of etiquette 
of course you were right but i was so surprised to see the judge looking so young i had supposed he was an aged man i am astonished oh monsieur le george he's not so young not so very he's hair not much grey while they were still discussing this matter the carriage stopped in front of a square heavy-looking house which painted a dull red and projecting its upper gallery over the banquet flung out on either side a heavy brick wall on whose top was a jagged dressing of broken bottles and jags it looked more like a convent than like an apartment house hepworth coleman found his suite of rooms admirable in every respect large airy luxuriously furnished his creole conductor parted with him at the door without giving his name or address and without any explanation whatever of his connection with the matter of securing these elegant apartments or with making his arrival easy and pleasant some silent and obsequious negro servants were at hand to do his bidding but he soon dismissed them while he flung himself upon a sofa and lit his pipe altogether incomprehensible to him were the suggestions of secrecy and mystery connected with his reception scarcely less so was the youthful nay boyish appearance of judge favart de comartin as if the mysterious atmosphere meant to continue growing denser it was while he lay along the luxuriant scarlet sofa smoking resting and meditating that a beautiful girl came and stood for a moment in the doorway of his chamber she blushed sweetly at sight of him recoiled violently and then slipped swiftly away leaving behind her a rustle of fine stuff a sparkle of rare jewels and a lingering bouquet of violets and roses coleman felt the delicious shock of her magnetic beauty thrill through him sort of shimmering outline of her body wavered or appeared to waver in the door after she had gone so dazzling had been the effect of her fresh pure flower-like yet intensely human beauty he heard her feet tap swiftly and lightly along the hall involuntarily and with unpardonable curiosity he sprang up and hurrying to the door looked out but she was not in sight for the first time in his life he felt his heart beating unnaturally end of section ten